but Star Wars. Three dudes talking Star Wars. It's just their thing. Star Wars. Just talking Star Wars. From episode one wars. And everything else. And hey, how about Jar Jar Binks? Forget about old boss Nass. We'll cover some cool creatures too. Like Jawas and Twi'leks and those nasty uts. Star Wars. We're talking about Star Wars. Join us for some fun wars. Let us begin. Craig it welcomes us to the fourth episode of Pod Racers, a Star Wars podcast, and uh, we are in the midst of reviewing all of the main Star Wars films. Are like, did we talk about this? Are we doing like Solo and and Rogue One as well? Yeah, uh, yeah, but I don't think we are doing them in order. No, we're gonna do those two at the end, right? Or should we finish up uh, with? We, I think those of, were still up for debate. We the have the Rise of Ray. Yeah, I don't think... I will watch the, we'll watch the Skywalker saga, and then we'll watch the other two after. Okay. If we done it right, we should have watched Rogue One before Episode 4. No, not necessarily. Absolutely. It, it, it bridges the... It does, it does, but at the same time... Yeah, no, yeah, okay, maybe. All right, so Rogue One's a good palate cleanser after the oh. next movie. I found... Um... You know what? I, I object to that way of thinking i thoroughly enjoyed watching phantom menace i did okay then we will we will yeah. find ourselves in a i like phantom menace i didn't I, have i you know like this we're, we'll get into this when we start talking about the uh the show today but um let's get some star wars news out of the way i don't know if you guys have heard this this is kind of exciting um a new star wars game is coming out it's called squadrons and they're dropping a trailer for this video game tomorrow, actually, which will be the okay. 15th of June. Have you guys heard any news on this? I have not. The thing I saw was the accidental leaking of uh, by Microsoft of uh, yeah, the, what the, should be the boxer that yeah. let people know that the game was called yeah, Star exactly. Wars Squadron. Way to go, oh. Xbox. Oh, well, it's good, good news for us in the news industry. See what not like. What's nice about this is if I've never played like a like a a flight simulator game, but I've heard lots of people really like them. And this is apparently what it's supposed to be—a Star Wars um, flight simulator. So we're gonna be it's this. There's gonna be a story to it, but it's gonna be all flighting, like all flighting. It's gonna be all flights. It's gonna be all in like X-wings and Tie fighters and. Millennium Falcons and all sorts of cool and amazing crafts in Star Wars, which I'm kind of really excited about. So obviously tomorrow will be kind of like we'll we'll be talking about this next week when that trailer drops and we can kind of see maybe what some of the gameplay looks like. But something that I noticed also coming up, it's like 70, I think three days until Star Wars Celebration. And you know what that brings? Tons of like new Star Wars uh, news and like content that's going to be coming out in the next little bit obviously books will be a big part of that we might see some more information on news for upcoming movies and television shows and all that kind of stuff but right now 
we get this video game and we get to see what it looks like coming up tomorrow, which I'm I'm kind of excited about. I don't know like what your guys is kind of like getting up and playing games is a uh, situation. I know here with me still working at home, I have a lot of time to actually sit there and play some games. So how does um, that work I for you guys? I don't I haven't played too many games, but it's funny uh I was just, you know, browsing around on Reddit and yesterday they had a post that it was it was just like be amazed or something and it was actually like a, a recording of somebody playing Microsoft Flight Simulator. Oh wow. And it was just like a, like a beautiful like uh, I don't know lightning uh sunset kind of thing and and if if they can make a game look like that uh but with like, Star Wars yeah. Uh, yeah, it's gonna look sick. That's like, I'm hoping it's not too much flight simulators. Like, no, yeah, I, I remember agree. Microsoft Flight Simulator. I remember the people that when I worked at, uh, and I'm aging myself here at Future Shop. The only people that would buy the flight simulators were people with uh, a large amount of gray hair in their in their real, uh, real big old yeah. nerds. Uh, and yeah, I remember playing nice it and thinking, like, this is boring and all hell. Uh, I mean, it's beautiful. Like, look at this view of the skyline of Chicago. Um, the reality was it was boring as all gives. And so I'm hoping it's more like the oh. classic uh, Star Wars arcade game, which was no. more like a, a full-scale simulator, but you were simulating battle. Or you were fighting across the Death Star. You were you were blasting through Coruscant. They had a pod racer level that was amazing. Um, you know you that's, mind with that, that. that's the type of things that I hope the squ- like squadron captures and not just say, "Hey, take out an X-wing for a nice leisurely uh, stroll through the Coruscant." You're right. That's like absolutely, and it, it will for sure be dogfighting and things like that. Like, there's no way they're just gonna have. Oh, let's go for a nice little little uh, trot through. Yeah, Y-wing for a little little cross Kessel run. <laughs> but like how about that kessel how cool would it be to fly through like that uh i don't even know what they would call it like obviously i guess the uh the route the kessel, through kessel but like how amazing <laughs> would it be to go through that that'd be pretty cool even the pod racing like through the canyons yeah. or something is cool I, I wonder if they will do part pod racing in that yeah in did Star you guys Wars play the pod racing game uh not very much Heels, I imagine. A little, a little bit. I, I had it. Game. I love that game. It was amazing. You it was one that. of the best things about Phantom Menace. <laughs> Be sure it wasn't good. It was. It was. Yeah. Um, yeah, the ball race is sweet, man. I remember being in theaters and seeing that. Even watching yeah. it, to, like, I watched episode one today, and it holds up. Like, I didn't really have... <laughs> it holds up as a terrible movie. It's not that bad. You're trashing it, it. all because it of terrible. Jar Jar Binks. It didn't bother me as much anymore. It really know. didn't. It didn't really bother me that much today either. I don't know what's happened. I, okay, well, we're not getting to that just yet. But we are. Yeah. Uh, we still have uh, more news to get through, right? <laughs> uh, another cool thing that I saw. Um, we we've all seen or heard of forty star uh, forty store celebrating forty years of Star Wars from a certain point of view. It's that book. This one, obviously, I'm showing it. Maybe we'll post a picture of up on our uh, Instagram. On our Instagram, do we have an Instagram page? I don't think we do. On our no. Twitter page, uh, they are releasing a second book, and it's based on Empire. So there's going to be 40 stories uh, for the 40th anniversary of the uh, fifth edition of Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back, which I'm kind of really excited about. One of the really cool things about that is that's coming out in November. 
There are, I actually had, if you guys were checking out our Twitter feed earlier, I had a, a little bit of a conversation with Amy Ratcliffe, who is, um, I think she's the manager and director of IGN. And I just, I had mentioned that, like, that is really cool. She's one of the writers who wrote a story for this book, which is cool. So, like, we're, like, the whole point of these books is seeing the point of view of Star Wars, not from the main characters, it's from side characters and things like that. So if you're a big fan of Lobot, I would imagine we'll see some sort of Lobot story in uh, Empire Strikes Back, like for the 40, 40 stories there, which would be kind of cool. What other characters that you can remember from Empire would you like to see a side story about? Uh, probably some of the people like on the Death Star or, yeah. on, the Star, or on the Star Destroyer. Sorry, not on the Death Star. This is Empire, right? Yeah. Um, you know, maybe somebody on Vader's Vader's Star Destroyer. Vader can't be Eric Stormtrooper TN seventeen. Vader can't be the only guy that survived the Death Star. There's got to be others that were like, oh, we got to get out of here. Like even not just, really. Even you see how quickly Vader survived the Death Star because he wasn't on the Death Star. He was he was yeah. his, his Tie Fighter. There may have been right. like three or four other Tie Fighters with him, but no, no, actually Han took those out. So yeah, there was nobody. It happened so, so that quickly that there was no, like, oh, gosh, like, you know, there's no 10-second self-destruct sequence for anyone to get into an escape pod and, and walk, walk away. Yeah, but still, like, when they came out and said, uh, General, or, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, there, there is a, um, a weakness in our defense. Should we prep your ship? And he's like, escape? That's ridiculous. He gets in all, our moment like, of triumph? Yeah, he gets all high and mighty, and then, boop, he dies. Good for him. Good for Grand Moff Tarkin, just being a complete cuck on that. Um, I would like to see a story from Hoth, like one of the troopers, mm. and not like not like um, Empire troopers, but like one of the rebels. Kind like of their... the gate guard who says... Uh... Uh, you'll freeze to death before. <laughs> See you in hell. No, uh, you know who? Yeah. Oh, what's his face? Um, oh, John reaches the first marker. John Ratzenberger, Norm. I want to see Norm's story. <laughs> Which one's he? He's like he's one of the generals that uh, Leia talks with real quick inside the bunker on Hoth. And it's, mm-hmm. it's Norm. It's Norm from Cheers. I do, I want to hear a story from him, and mm. if he survived. Hmm. Could hear it from like uh, perspective of one of the uh, what are those things called the wampas? Uh, like the the rides or the no the things that imprisoned Luke and caught him. Oh yeah, wampa. Wampa, I think wampa yeah. From a wampa's point of view, <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of cool. Capturing too. Luke, capturing Luke Skywalker. They're just bringing in some food, and then he comes off and cuts off Daddy's arm yeah. and runs out the cave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Um, I was reading a story. Uh, there's a book called The Worlds of Star Wars Trilogy, The Ultimate Guide to the Incredible Locations of Episodes 4, 5, and 6. And one thing that, obviously, I don't know how many people would have questioned this, but Yoda's hut. Like, yeah. when we first watch it, we look at it, and it's just like, a generic old hut, mud, twigs, that kind of thing put together. But apparently in some of the pictures, you can actually see metal in the hut. And it's from his escape pod that he used at the end of Sith to get to Dagobah, which is kind of cool because... I read that today too, somewhere like, too. I don't know. Which would make yeah. sense. Kind of I'm yeah. At the I, same time, that's an easy story to retcon, right? Like, oh yeah, big time. Uh, <laughs> 
Metal could just be exposed from a bad set that was created <laughs> during oh, the episode. For sure. And then there's like, well, actually, the metal you saw was from his escape pod. How convenient. Yeah, but it kind of makes his story just a little more sad, right? Like, oh my goodness, he escapes, he goes to Dagobah in his escape pod, and that's what he used to create, I guess, the beginning of that hut that he's been a hermit in for the last thirty years. Yoda, though, and in Yoda's story, though, you have to remember that he's over six or seven hundred years old, and so at this point, yeah, nine hundred, right? And so his time on Dagobah at that point is at most twenty years, which in Yoda lifespan is not even like 0.1 percentage of his overall life. So he's Sad had a slow – he's had a slow 15 minutes. <laughs> like if you put it in relative to yeah. a human, but he, right? But he goes from it, being it was, like – It was the senior years anyways. What, what was he going to do with that time? <laughs> he goes from he's being to like die. height of the Jedi fighting the Sith Emperor uh, at the end of, Emperor, of uh, Episode 3 to being decrepit and dying within the span of, what, 25 years? So that I think he was already at that stage. I think he was already at that stage of being a you know senior citizen, which is why he couldn't hold his own against Emperor Palpatine, and he didn't really hold his own against Dooku either. I mean, he was still fighting pretty well for his age, but you know, I'm sure classic Yoda or you know Yoda in his prime. You know, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the art of like uh, Yoda, where they've kind of shown him as like a you know a pretty well built little person. <laughs> and like so he's clearly on the downside of his career so uh, I, i'm sure a prime yoda would have made short work of palpatine and and dooku probably at the same time depends maybe. though because maybe like in the grand scheme of things palpatine is like the is he the second i think anakin is like the most powerful force user of all time and then palpatine's like second and yeah I, palpatine I think, is I actually think if I read this right, I'd have to go and look this up. I'll, I'll, maybe we'll bring this up next week. But I think actually Qui Gon may have been like third or something silly like that. Really? So yeah, but Yoda apparently, of course, we and we all heard about it. Is like, oh, he's got more midichlorians than Yoda. Yeah. Which we don't really need to get in the midichlorian yeah. debate. But... And Palpatine <laughs> is like an, an underrated <laughs> duelist. Yeah, like he's, he's a really good duelist. <laughs> Oh, so he's just boy, usually so strong in the force, he doesn't even need to use it, right? But he is like, like, you think about, like, he took out, like, especially after he watched Clone Wars, exactly, right? Yeah. And he did it in, like, no time. He's he's a master duelist. Those three other Jedi, like, the only one that yeah, kind of holds the Fist oh, the man. one that lasts the longest. Yeah, it's, it was the other sad. Two just, yeah. He just makes one move and kills them. And then they explain it, like, his force scream is what threw them off. Which I guess, if you haven't fought a, a Sith Master in over a thousand years, okay, sure, maybe. But, but still. Um, now, that's that's about it that I have for store. Oh, no, there's one, one other thing. Star Wars released a new map of the galaxy, which apparently is canon, as it comes out in a new book, Star Wars Traveler's Guide to Batuu. Heels, you've been there, right? Yeah, I went to uh, I went to Galaxy's End uh, back in um, was that this January? Year? This it year. was this year. So yeah, that feels like that was about four hundred years ago. Yeah, no kidding. Now <laughs> this book this book is supposed to come out this month, actually the twenty third, and it actually expands on what Batu is within Galaxy's Edge, 
which is obviously what it's based off of, right? So this map that they've released is canon, and it's got all of these. I like I should I should post this picture up on here that you guys can see. It's cool because it gives you every location that they've been to, plus books and comics and stuff. Everything that's ever been canon in the Star Wars universe is is thrown in here, and it's a really cool thing to see. Um, I would love to see more stories on those outer rim kind of planets that you don't hear that much about which i think is kind of a tragedy because they always so so much focus on everything that's going on within that main kind of area and the skywalker track uh, like saga right like y- you don't see too many stories outside of it until now where they've kind of wrapped up everything in the movies and now they're trying to move away and create their own new content mm-hmm. so, like it's just, oh man, it's just a really cool image. I'm gonna uh, riveting podcast material here. I'm just gonna, just gonna throw it up here so that you guys can see this and get an idea of like actually how huge. I wonder if this is gonna work. There it is. Go take a look at that. It's got so much, and it's got all the different areas where you can kind of like see. I guess regions of space in the galaxy, and uh, like, Batu is actually super far out from where Coruscant is, which is kind of crazy. But it's supposed to be like a resistance thing, right? Heels. It's a it's a training ground for you know resistance fighters. Ooh. They pushed in there. That's Did a Batu. Did you buy a lightsaber? <laughs> not paying two hundred fifty dollars US for a Disney themed lightsaber. Did you, you had to build yourself, so not only are they profiting off child labor. <laughs> you're not looking at this the right way, heels. <laughs> Just go. I'm not giving Disney Disney Star Wars any more money. Oh, there it is. Okay, okay. We'll get into why that is right away with our Phantom Menace review. <laughs> <laughs> so you're so bitter. Just I, I watched it again, and I was just like, all these memories flooded back. What a dog shit film it was. Really didn't like <laughs> it that much, eh? It was awful. Okay, let's just get one of the worst pieces of film I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> let's get let's get into it. Our our fantasy or our uh, uh, Phantom Menace review. Um, all right, heels. We'll let you start with it. What what I is... think I succinctly described how I felt about it by calling it. One of the biggest pieces of dog shit <laughs> put on film with the Star Wars title slapped onto it. I mean, right from the beginning of the movie, I just remember the excitement I felt being in that theater at like 3 a.m. And when those, like, you know, the Star Wars logo pops up on the screen, the music kicks off, you're excited. And the first line is about a Trade Federation embargo with Naboo. And I'm like, what? Huh? And And, and from that point on, it was just, it was one of the flattest films I've ever seen in my life in terms of delivering on promise on it. It was clear that George Lucas had no filmmaking ability left in him at that point. It was strictly a commercial venture to sell toys. Yeah. And, and like, you know, yeah. it's, it's insulting to watch it now because the promise that existed in the story of a prequel of Anakin Skywalker and some of the, even the characters he created that had potential and just got completely shat on over the course of 
two hours and 20 minutes. Can you believe how long that film is? It was a, it was a chore to get through. Um, you know, if it had just ended with the pod race, that would have been like, okay, that's a decent movie. But no, no, no. We have to get into Senator Palpatine's uh, maneuverings to become vice chancellor and then prime chancellor and and withdrew a, a vote of no confidence on Chancellor Valorum. I mean, it was it was dog shit. I mean, like top to bottom, one of the worst <laughs> Star Wars films I've ever seen. And oh my! And to quote Abed from Community, midichlorians. Midichlorians, a concept that is so fucking stupid that it was never referred to again in any film after the fact. It, it was okay. That, that was the one thing that bothered me too. There were so many content introduced in the film that were never touched on again. Never. Like Naboo, never, rarely ever mentioned again. The Gungans, never saw those people again. Even though the big scene at the end is peace between the Gungans and the Naboo. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I'll stop. My blood pressure. Done. Dead. done. <laughs> okay. So going into this, yes. Okay. I can understand from a kid's point of view, and if George is looking at it from that com- kind of the that point of view, where I'm going to go out, I'm going to make some characters. I want to sell these toys. That's where my biggest revenue will come from with Star Wars. Yes. Making it super political. Probably not the greatest way. It's a terrible it. idea. <laughs> like, what, what 12, six-year-old kid can follow along with a plot that involves a, a trade federation embargo between two nations? Terrible. Such See, a here, terrible film. I, I think with the Gungans, as far as that goes... Chlorians, Damon. Midichlorians. Midichlorians. <laughs> It's just the thing that pissed me off the most about midichlorians, and and I to this day, and I, I'm not alone in this because there's there's forum boards talking about how much they hate midichlorians. The whole concept of Star Wars and the Force was as a child when you watch those movies in the the 80s, right? And whatever age you watched Macchio, you know when you watch Star Wars, you had this belief in the Force as something that could be achieved by anyone, right? It was just a sense of en- enlightenment that if I could get, I I could wield the Force. Right, like if I believed in something strong enough, I could move things with my mind, and I could brainwash people. And then they introduced this concept of mida fucking chlorians. Oh well, you're born with it. You don't have them. You're not a Jedi. It's not true. Now hold on, wait. Mida chlorians. Everybody's born with mida chlorians. It's the count. Now, yeah, the mida chlorian count. That's beside. That's not. That's stupid. Stupid because it takes away from the concept of like the force is is an ethereal like con- ethereal concept that could, could be grasped like the whole concept of the force and becoming a Jedi was you know any kid could believe they could become a Jedi right and you took you, you just stomped on it with this stupid midichlorians and you know what you know how conceivably like why midichlorians are so conceivably stupid is that you never fucking heard about it again after episode one so wow. and that was like no if somebody was just like. Yeah, we'll we'll never bring that up again. Never. There's so much not, not backlash on it. Yeah, that, yeah, that's why they probably did it. No one at them point said, "Look at Ray's midichlorian count. She is high. She must. There must be some connection to her and the and the, the force. Like, there's no mention of it again. Yeah, and that's true. That's true. I love, I love how heated you are on this. Yeah, wow. yeah, you're really upset. <laughs> but that's, that's the thing, though. As a ch- like it. Honest to God, Here's like if George Lucas is trying to make a movie for kids, entire concept was shot on within within the concept of those two and a half hours of that movie because 
kids believe they can become Jedi's. That was the whole point of Star Wars, that you could write things and you too could become a Jedi and be a, be a part of the Jedi Order. And then you come up with this concept is like, oh, actually, if you're not born with it, yeah, you're fucked. Tough deal. A tough break, Kato. <laughs> but you know what? Go, go spend $250 uh, on, on a lightsaber, an official one from the movie. Or buy the dual edge one from Darth Maul. And oh, man, Darth Maul. Okay. Anyways, I'm going to let other people go. But midichlorian. You know what's funny, Fuck midichlorian. You know what's funny about that? You know what's funny about that? Okay, so Anakin's got the highest midichlorian count, right? With like over 20,000, <laughs> whatever. Whatever. Hold on. The wooden acting. Off the wait, chart. Wait. Off the charts. So chart. this this kind of tells the, the story. <laughs> chart. This kind of tells the story that it doesn't matter what your midichlorian count is. If you don't put in the work, it's not going to work out for you. Because Anakin mm -hmm. has the highest midichlorian count. And he puts in the least amount of effort when it comes to being a Jedi. Ah. Anakin, he didn't put the work in, yet that still made him the best fucking pilot in the entire West Quadrant at the age of six. Yeah, but <laughs> born kid. I think he can. Give Top Down Kid is one of the best starfighters in the world at the age of six. Okay. <laughs> but if you keep my going, you'll be even better. Complaint, <laughs> my biggest complaint is the think fact about that the believability. David. I know. I know. The believability. <laughs> He was able to harness the force enough to, to to hone his instincts to the point where he was the one of the, the the best pod racer and and instantly became the best pilot in the Naboo platoon. And he was six. He's ten. Actually. Yeah, he's ten. Is he ten? Oh, sorry, I thought yeah. he was six. That's the uh, that, yeah, that, that's that, another thing that's wrong with the movie too. Is yeah, I agree. I agree. Did they make him ten? There was no reason. You know, it would have actually made more sense. And I can't remember where I read this where. You know, they should have made him the same age as Padme. Because then you have the, the diverting lifestyles of someone who was born into royalty versus someone who was born into a slave. Yet they're, you know, they're talking to each other, but they couldn't be from two more different worlds because one is a sullen 14-year-old that hates life because he's all he's known is slavery and, and being used as a, a, a racer by, by Watto. And the other is, you know, someone born into nobility and is now at the age of 14 running an, a, a, a planet. Yeah. But instead they went yeah. with that weird thing where, you know, the creepiness of, oh, those two are going to hook up. That's weird. <laughs> I didn't, like, I, I had no problem with um, Natalie Portman and her portrayal. And I actually, like, Jake Lloyd's portrayal, too, was whatever. He's <laughs> a kid. But there's no way I look at those two and go, there's only a five-year gap between them. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, Don't get me started on. So Natalie Portman is a phenomenal actress. You, can, yeah. you, oh, can't yeah. make, you can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit, and that script was terrible. And I mean, if you ask the actors, they'll tell you the same thing. Like I remember a quote by Ewan McGregor. I was like, part like he couldn't help himself from laughing when he was delivering some of those lines and how terrible they were written. Like George Lucas cannot do dialogue. I don't know oh. if he's ever actually interacted with other human beings. The dialogue <laughs> of that film is absolutely terrible. Like, there was one scene that just made me laugh out loud and not in a good way. When and Anakin wins the pod race, and he runs over to his mother, who switches between having an Irish accent and not having an Irish accent, which, is, <laughs> which was weird. Um, and she's like, oh, Anakin, that was wonderful. And that's the exact tone she says it in. 
right? And it was like, your son just won a fucking bot race against all odds and something that, you know, half the competition dies in. And she gives this wooden delivery of the line that is just so awful that it, like, it made me laugh. As we go throughout the remainder of this podcast, Heels' blood pressure will continue to rise and rise. <laughs> Angry that I had to watch this movie. <laughs> Oh man, I really didn't have that big of an issue with it. No. I honestly I love terrible. This movie. It's a I terrible love this movie. movie. And you know what? Ever since like um you know prequel well, maybe memes, you love this movie because you were it came out. Makes me like the movie 13. even more. It's see, like watching it and, and obviously knowing what and in heels, you've mentioned this before too. What happens with Maul and what they do with that character in the future, I can see how that is infuriating. Because if you don't do anything but watch the movies, that's it for one of the coolest characters they've ever made with Darth yep. That's That's the problem with Star Wars and in some situations, right? Is that, like, one of the things that just, in, like, you know, made my blood pressure rise again was all the post-storyline uh, pieces that came out after Episode Nine. To, to cover up for the massive plot holes in that film, they're like, well, actually, uh, here's uh, this is what actually happened. If you read this comic book, right. and here's the problem. There are, I would say, a large majority of Star Wars fans, of passionate Star Wars fans, never wa- see anything beyond the movies, right? And you're expecting to pick up in the store uh, compendiums that are sold on Amazon only, comic books that you know are only carried online, um, you know, they have to follow Disney plus news channels to, 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 to understand storyline plots. Like if you, Damien, you put it best. If you never watched any of the cartoons, you would never know that Darth Maul became this massive character. And if you watch solo, you'd be confused as all hell as to why he was in that movie. Wait a minute. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think when you look at it from that, Yes. Darth Maul dying there and and there being no real kind of explanation for what went on. But that's that's the trouble with having a franchise like this. Marvel has the same problem, right? Like, whether it be some story that's told in Captain America, a character dies off but didn't really die off, and you find out about it in uh, a Disney Plus TV show or something along that See, lines. See, that's like, the difference, though. Disney, the Disney or Marvel... Problem. Again, it comes down to who's in charge. Marvel has yep. one person, Kevin Feige, whose yep. entire responsibility is to make sure that the, the movie universe makes sense. He yes. looks at he, – he, and he's a bit of a micromanager, but it requires micromanagement. You don't have those gaps, right? You can watch a TV show. Like, you can watch Daredevil or you can watch uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but there's nothing from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that says – that is then connected into the film to make you go, wait, wait, why, why is Agent well, Coulson back? Originally, that's no reference true. to Agent Coulson. No, that's, and, that you're right. But originally, there was supposed to be some connectivity between the TV show agents, uh, and they realized and the that the audience of the TV show didn't map to the movies. The, right. The movie was like people who watch the movies were ca- like majority of people who watch the movie were casual fans. So but you can doing do that the now, opposite, though. where you can tie the move TV shows to the movies. Yeah. But you can do the opposite, where the the, the movies have to tie into the TV show. Okay, now correct so, me if I'm wrong. When it comes to Marvel movies, I read somewhere or I heard somewhere that apparently these new TV shows that are coming out for Marvel 
are supposed to be super connected to the movies. Like, oh, they're definitely connected. So, definitely connected, oh, yeah. but at the same time, Kevin Feige has also said, you know, it's an inflection, like, not a, uh, yeah, but, oh, like no. when you go to see, you know, Doctor Strange, uh, the multiverse of madness, you didn't watch Scarlet Witch, you're still going to understand the multiverse like thing, even though Doctor Strange is in the TV show and the multiverse is kind of going to spin out from oh, the like Scarlet Witch's TV show. I still don't understand Disney's Marvel universe. Like it's so confusing. But that's that's just me. I could I could yeah. be just. I, I think it, I, you know what I think it'll make much more when it actually gets executed. It'll make sense because I, again, one person in charge, one person who knows what the vision is, one person who knows where the vision is going. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Vision, the character. I'm talking yep. about Vision, like overall. Now, with that Disney, all considered, take over Disney has been a colossal clusterfuck. Where they don't know when movies should come out, they don't know what the plot should be, they don't know what the end game is supposed to be, um, and so exactly. Right? And that's and why now, she finds herself finally on the outs. Yes, and so this is where it gets good because now we start to see some connectivity and we start to see some um, focused vision on what's going to happen with Star Wars. And, and I think for Star Wars fans, that's something to be excited about. Now, when it comes to like Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones and the prequels and, the, and even into the sequels, at this point, and you, you may not like this, it comes down to just finding enjoyment out of the story and knowing the grander scheme of things. And I think for the people that are more connected to that universe, the people that do read books, like the people that do read the comics um web series anything like that it makes it so much more enjoyable that now that could be me because i am one of those people that just enjoys reading those books finding out more about the star wars universe finding out more about characters within the movies that oh wait darth maul ended up on a on some sort of junk planet how did he get there how like how did he survive being cut in half all these kind of things like if if we look at what happened to Maul and question it, and then we look at what happened to Anakin, and we don't put that kind of same stuff together. Where do you find that level of believability? Obviously, sure. So, anyway, Wars, going back to the film, I'd like to actually hear why Keo thinks it's a great movie. I, I don't have a problem with that. I think it's a pretty good movie too. Actually. I I, I want to hear Keo okay. explanation. Okay. Um. All right. Let me get some water. Um. He's, I, uh, he's got a water up this, for this. <laughs> he's got a match well, shield. His, his when this ankle. came out, how old was I? I was in grade 10. I think the movie 14, is 22 years old. 14, I think. It was 99, right? Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, so I was in grade 10. And I saw it probably four times in theater. And I loved this movie. You know, I knew, like, it wasn't good. I didn't like Jar Jar Binks. Um, there are some things that didn't make sense to me. Uh, and the but, CGI uh, on Banks just looks terrible now. Yeah, it does but not. You know what? Back then, it was fuck. It was really good. It was really, really good. Um, you know, it was state of the art, and it was like a, an experience. You know, I like the sound in the theater that I went to. Like, you know, the Coliseum theater that we go to see movies at, Alan. Um, that had just been built, so it was quite state of the art for a theater at the time. And being able to go and see that movie with that wicked sound system, like hearing the pod race, like the visual effects, like they were so good. Um, and, I, and, I, and I loved it when I was when I was younger. And now, like you said earlier about uh, like, you know, I guess uh, 
learning more about the expanded universe and through the other media types, it helps me like the prequel movie even more because I, I know agree. things like, oh, this guy was doing this and, you know, like what Palpatine was doing during the movie or what he was doing before this, you know, like during this time, you know, um, Palpatine is like transitioning. He's into He's killing. During this movie. Again, see, now exactly. you're proving my point though. For the film to maintain its, to, you have to, you, to be into the Clone Wars, and you have to be well, no, into. I don't think so. I don't think like so. The book to enrich the fact that the rest of the movie was relatively dog, dog terrible. I think you can tell a story by being something like 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 with the Clone Wars, and we'll get into this more next week. It's such a like we heard about it in Episode Four. We were kind of like, oh, okay, there's a thing called Clone Wars, and then we know about it coming into this movie, obviously, and then into Attack of the Clones, where the Clone Wars start. Yes, there are a lot of people that are, are like, okay, so how did this army get built? And all of these things. I don't think you necessarily need to go out and tell that story in that movie. I think you can tell, you can drop hints and build off of that in that expanded universe stuff. And with Disney, or not even so much Disney, with Star Wars, and at this point, right, because this is still under George's control, mm-hmm. it is so um, fan-driven. The expanded universe, which is which made it one of the best parts of being a Star Wars fan, because like you had said, heels, when you're kids, you're watching this movie, man, it makes me feel like I could be a Jedi and, and all that kind of stuff. At this point in the story or at this point in the Star Wars lifeline with George at its head still, I could feel like I could create a story on Star Wars and it have something in the expanded universe. Mm-hmm. So, and that's a fair argument. But as a standalone film. I agree. In capsule. It's yeah, not a good I, movie. The dog yeah. is terrible. There are, there are two okay, I will, I will, I will say three I good things about the film. That I can count on, like, there are three good things I can get. The pod racing scene, really well done. Yes. That was a really, really good scene. Jake Lloyd couldn't drag that down because his dialogue was minimalized. You know what? He was fantastic during that whole thing. Like, his believability as a kid. Like and the little, the like the little thing with the Jawas and the, the Tusken Raiders interfering in the race, that was great, right? Those that was backs. a proper homage to the original film yeah. about being over the top. and like The Tusken Raiders weren't like tackling guys. They were just taking pot shots from the side because you would believe the Tusken Raiders would do that. And uh, uh, the second thing. thing was the actual lightsaber duels. Yeah. Elevated beyond belief. Like the duels, not... I thought the scenes where they were fighting the droids were terrible. There was one point where, like, well, uh, Obi-Wan Obi- right? takes, like, this swing that looks like a lip-wristed, like, swat yeah. at a, a, a... He's like... Ah. <laughs> yeah. It's clear. And, like, again, that the, the problem with the movie, it was too much George Lucas. He's not a good director. He's not a good film, like, script writer. Where he worked was when he found people that could elevate ideas. I don't disagree with you at all on that point. That's what I, the problem with the whole trilogy is he took it upon himself to be like, I got this. You look at his own work, he needed Spielberg. He needed uh, Lawrence Kasdan. He needed other people to punch up his script, including his, his ex-wife at the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> to make it believable. Like, yep. uh, and, and we'll get into this when we get into the Attack of the Clones. Like, when they start talking about the love story between Padme and, uh, and Luke or Anakin – the dialogue That's, is so terrible. It's like, it is does, does George Lucas know what love actually is? It's so like, 
Love is the Star Wars. He, it looks like he watched out. a bunch of romantic comedies and just took out like the key lines from them to say, like, yes, this is how people would would talk to each other. Yeah. No, I I, um, I yeah. agree with you on that point. I like for sure. I think as far as I'm see, sorry, I'm, the third thing, Duel of the oh. Fates is still the best music in all Star Wars films. Oh yeah, big time. Jo- give John Williams yeah. all the props in the world. Like Duel of the Fates was well, a phenomenal. Even the, even the music soundtrack in general was amazing. Yes. Rule of the Fates, yeah. he created an, an, another iconic in the Star Wars universe, right? You have the yeah. Imperial March, you have the, the Star Wars theme, and you have Duel of the Fates. Like, Duel of the Fates, every time you hear it. And there was, like again, like the, the duels between Darth and, and Qui-Gon. And the Cantina and, song. Oh, the Cantina song, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but those, those scenes were awesome. One of the best scenes in the movies, in the movie, in my opinion, was one that was completely improvised by Ray Park. So, yeah. Remember the scene where they're they're dueling and the the walls close in the yes. laser walls. Yeah. Just this look on his in face. In the initial shot, George Lucas actually wanted both him and uh, like, or he's like he didn't know what to do. Like those brief moments where George wasn't micromanaging, and he told him to like, well, you know, you're do something like you would prepare to fight. So um, the actor who plays Qui Gon, whose name is now escaping, Liam Neeson. Neil Neeson goes, I'm well, I'm gonna play my character as I'm old, so I'm gonna take this time to rest. I'm gonna go on my knees and meditate and like prep for the next fight. And Ray Park thought, okay, well, what am I like? He, and Ray Park He's talks a- about it. He wasn't given much direction on the character of Darth Maul other than you're bad. <laughs> and so he's like, well, okay, I'm gonna embody like that. I'm just hate personified. Aggressive. I'm going to pace back and forth. And he's like, he's like, he thought back to when he went to a zoo and he saw a tiger just yes. like eyeing a little kid. And he thought, I'm just going to pace back and forth like a tiger does, ready to pounce, stalking my victim. And that yeah. to me, that scene was awesome because you had two dichotomies or uh, dichotomy going there, where you had the older Jedi who was like, I'm just going to rest up. I need to, I can to take this guy on. And then the young Sith Lord who was like, I'm ready to fuck you up. <laughs> like as soon yeah. as this door is open, I yeah. am going yeah. to kill you. Yeah, that's a wicked scene. And then you got Obi Wan separated George as Lucas well. In the back, did not have anything to do with that scene. <laughs> I liked. I really liked Obi Wan in that in that kind of whole scene too. The way that he was like aggressive. That's, that's like the most character Obi Wan shown in the movie. Fakes. There's one like move where he fakes going in, and then he lunges in. I, I love that. That just that like. Why would we not see more of that? Just to draw him off guard. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. I oh, love that. I, yeah, the, I like the thing where he blocks behind him with his lightsaber yep. and then brings yep. his lightsaber quickly in front of him. That's, uh, I don't know why, but I've always loved that part. That's like, that, yeah, the duels were awesome. That lightsaber the fight is, is honestly yeah. one of the best things in Star Wars for me. That lightsaber oh, fight is my, one of my favorites. The duel you know, somebody, somebody ruined it for me. They sent me this video of like, uh, in slow motion of how like they wouldn't normally <laughs> fight that. And it, it kind of ruined it, but now it's been long enough that it, I have seen it that it's, it's not ruined for me anymore again, which I'm happy about. Yeah. Again, so you go back to that character development, and you said, like, in that scene, Obi-Wan grew. And that's, that, that's what bothered me, because Obi-Wan is an amazing character, right? And you, McGregor himself, was disappointed in how Obi-Wan was built as a character in those three films, right? And that's why he wants to go back to it so badly. Like, he feels like he can do it more justice. Character yep. that he loved, was like he dreamt of playing, and he was given this wooden dialogue that was so terrible. Like the, there was a line there too, where he's like, "I can't believe you don't see how this child is dangerous." 
it's like so badly delivered. And it's like, and that's not an Obi-Wan line. Or like, there's no belief at that point where you would think like Obi-Wan would, you know, have that kind now, of belief system. There's, there's now, no reason for him to come up with that line. Based not, on not, what you're saying there, take into account that Obi-Wan is still like, obviously we know Ewan McGregor at this point is older than what the character of, Anna, or of Obi-Wan is, right? Obi-Wan's still just a pad, uh, Padawan here. So yeah. he's, he's still growing. <laughs> in, yeah, he's still growing into who he's going to become as far as. But like the Jedi character of Qui-Gon, which also wasn't developed really well. And I would love to see more about Qui-Gon. Oh, big time. History, because Qui-Gon is an interesting character, right? Like Matt, you brought this up about how the Jedi Council was not inherently good. They, they I, chose their battles. They And Obi- or Qui-Gon, on the other hand. You know, the, there was a it was a throw off line that Obi Wan goes to him. It's like, see, this is why you couldn't like all you would have to do is do this, and then you could you too could sit on the Jedi Council. And Obi Wan's like, I'm not interested in that. Like, I believe in something higher than just the requirement to sit on the Council. And it's a quick throwaway line, but it's like, damn, there's something you could have expanded on with Qui Gon and Obi Wan. Qui Gon clearly doesn't believe in the Jedi Council as much as Jedi do feels that they're a necessary means to an end. Obi-Wan, as his Padawan, I think would follow in that same route too, right? Because he's clearly being learnt, taught by someone who says, you know what, the Jedi Council isn't all that, that it's cracked up to be. The true principles of the being a Jedi. Because Qui-Gon believed in, believed in the purest form. Sounds of it. You, again, you're, you're making these assumptions. Because character dialogue is terrible. I, I agree with you on that, actually, because I thought this film showed a lot of the arrogance of the Jedi at this mm-hmm. point with like when they when they're talking when Qui-Gon and Anakin or uh, Obi-Wan go to the council and, and talk about how they found this boy the, you like the council just sits there and is like Ugh. it's all over like, it what, yeah what <laughs> what is this boy right like they're He's super so arrogant about it. yeah and, and they find and yeah he passes all their tests and they just and they, like, they continue to go like here's and, yeah. and I, I think that's a good thing for this film because if you don't have the which is funny because the, the test is like the same thing in Ghostbusters where Bill Murray's character <laughs> is holding the cards <laughs> right I thought that exact same thing I was like oh yes it is a star it is a spaceship when they're just trying um, to hook up with young Anakin <laughs> so. <laughs> Like, I think if you don't have that arrogance, it takes away from the council and how they've, they've been like the force supremacy for the past thousand years, right? And obviously as time goes on, that vein, that vanity to them continues to go up and that's why they're losing this battle against the Sith and that's and that doesn't get touched on enough in the movies, right? Well, it doesn't. Their own arrogance prevents them from seeing the threat you're that right. is Emperor Palpatine. You're right, you're right. And and, and you know one should have been that force against that arrogance. Never expand upon it. They just quickly not, t- like, not not Obi Wan. Qui Gon. Oh, after Qui Gon dies, Obi Wan should have taken that mantle in the next two films to be like, guys, there's something going on here, and you're not seeing the picture because you're high on the hog. And that's the problem with the Jedi Council, right? Maybe and that's the Jedi what the Duke for in the next two movies. See, and that's exactly the right. He splits, right? Like Duke um, is still a Jedi in this movie. He's actually still on the Council in yeah. this movie. Towards mm-hmm. the end, like I think at the end, once Palpatine wins the Chancellorship, that's when, like in in the timeline yeah. that's when dooku separates himself from the jedi and he yeah meets, him and chancellor palpatine start talking 
and like and then yeah they find out oh oh hey, no, you're a sit oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and so yeah. like um, obviously and heels this is your gripe is the fact that they don't tell that story and i i agree to an extent but there's there's so much to tell they can't squeeze everything in though right and see Same i'm time. okay i'm okay yes and instead we had to hear about midichlorians <laughs> i'm okay midichlorians with... <laughs> i love it i love how much you hate it um i'm okay having those stories in some sort of in some sort of like different format whether it be comics or book or like a cartoon or anything like that i'm perfectly fine having that but again i'm that fan that loves getting into everything that dives into star wars now you like obviously because george at that point didn't really have that stuff the way that disney has it now right with comics and books like yes that stuff was coming out but it was different as to yeah. what it is now. Because now it's here's canon. This is what we're telling in the canon. I think I like a lot of people had an issue when Disney took over and said, okay, extended universe, that's not part of canon. Here's what's canon, the movies, uh, Clone Wars, this kind of stuff. Now we're gonna start telling these stories. I actually don't have a problem with that because it now becomes more cohesive. Yeah, I agree. And you can pick things out of the expanded universe to bring in if it fits your narrative that you're trying to tell, but and again, heels. This goes to you with that direction where it's kind of all scatterbrained and not knowing where it is. You need to be able to tell that story in a linear line instead of it again branching off and going all over the place. Mm-hmm. I agree. So one of the things that like, I thought. No, go ahead. The vast amount of potential in that film is just completely unmet. And I, I think it does a great job. Like. Of, of of opening up the universe, you know. I think um, so too. I I really like the, uh, you know. And they open oh, up well, a there's... universe that in the films never gets touched on again. You never hear about Naboo anymore. You know, like the Gungans are completely. Um, they go, they go right back. They go to Naboo the next film. Yeah, that's where Anakin. I mean, like, Naboo is at like, the Trade Federation place. It just becomes another set piece. Well, and, the like, Trade Naboo Federation is, is done at the end of the movie, as far as their 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 whole existence. Yeah, that's an assumption we make because we think they like lost that war. Right? That's what I'm saying. Like they're it's it's weird that like that mean Gungans. I just don't even understand what happens with the Gungans in the future. Like I mean yeah but that's not the story to tell. But they were a big part of the first film. Yeah but you can say the same thing about the Ewoks and gives them the advantage to be able to survive. You could say the same thing about the Ewoks like they help out a lot in you know Return of the Jedi, and then you don't really... You still see Wicked at the end of Episode 9. <laughs> He's still around. Do you see Wicked at Episode 9? Oh, when the celebration stuff is going on. The celebrations, they cut the... They cut the... Uh, Kashak. No, Kashak is where... Uh, yeah, but they do that, too, at the end of Episode... Well, I guess it's added content. Episode 6. You see the Gungan celebration. Episode 6, they fake it. Added, they added Coruscant's back yes. into Episode 6 in the end. Yeah. Uh, the well, they put... And Naboo's in there, too. For episode six, they're in there. Uh, yeah. I, I think they've yeah. they have it. they have actually both. They have Naboo, like the 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 city of w- whatever Theed, I think it is. They have the city of Theed celebrating, and they also have the Gungans celebrating as well. And I think they actually Gungans. even have Gungans <laughs> celebrating in Theed. <laughs> it's all interconnected here. It really? Mm. No, I get I get what you're saying, but I think the Gungans in that respect, there's no 
there's no story left to tell there in the grand scheme of things when it comes to this political landscape that is going on. And yes, Star Wars gets super political in its story, but because it has to, right? Because you're seeing yeah. the fall of um, a democracy from one, two, and three to four, five, and six, where it's an empire, right? Like it's run yeah, by it one like, person. Yeah. Like you, it has to be political. Because if you're not mm-hmm. telling a political story, and that's that's a huge part of what goes on with the Jedi, right? The Jedi have been trying. Yeah, I understand it. I just think I just think there was there was probably a better way to. I'm not I'm not oh, a writer. You're, I'm not you're a creative right. director. You're right. I just think starting you're, off the film uh, like the most anticipated <laughs> movie in, in you know 25 years. Trade embargo. Behold a filibustering session in the Senate. <laughs> I don't, the Simpsons, I don't know. I, I, I think perfectly where they went to go see like a mock up of Star Wars episode one, and like Homer's like, Oh my god, just start the action! And then, like, an ATAT busts through the wall, and then he's like, Finally, he's a puppet action! And then the ATAT rolls out a scroll and starts, I would like to bring forth the following motions regarding bylaws to certain to noise. I'm bringing it to. You're okay. Man. Like, See, like, I, I can't believe that you, you think that because when the movie starts and they're like, you know, still, he's got know. his lightsaber through the doors and he's melting it. I That's thought one that of my was favorite part. That was. And, and he doesn't so stop. Cool. He doesn't yeah. stop too. Yeah, I love that. I thought that was so well done. And I never would have considered that. I'm like, the Jedi lightsaber used to like heat and melt metal. I'm like, whoa, you know? The first that time I cool. saw it, that was my reaction to it. We also uh, get to see them. We we get to see this four speed when they run off from the yeah. the Jordicas. Like yeah, there's I yes heels there. I see. I'm torn because I see what you're saying, Alec. I see that, and I don't disagree with it. But at the same time, when I watched this movie, I was like, yeah, let's see some funny yeah. stuff. This is gonna be awesome. I like. I was geeked about it. I had no problem watching this film, but. I love that you hated it because that's that part of fandom that we need to encourage more of instead of like, oh, you hated it. You're an idiot. You're wrong. Like the Star Wars fandom is so divisive when it comes to stories and characters. I'm not like, and you have every right to like that film. And I'm not here to convince you that you shouldn't like it, which is why I wanted to hear Matt's opinion as to what is it about the film that he liked. Oh, so because I, and again, we'll get into I this too. When we talk about, about it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, okay, and you guys can keep talking about what you liked about that film, and you have every right to. And I think we'll get into the discussion again when we talk about the Last Jedi, which is a very polarizing film. Hmm. Big time. When we talk oh, about Force Awakens, and we... oh, those. I, I think Force Awakens will have a lot of the same views, but at the same time, we'll we'll differ a little bit. Um, Last Jedi, we're gonna be all over that, like stink on a uh on a jawa but like yeah let's let's get to rise of the skywalker once and into that too now here's one thing that i found really interesting about this episode you see the way that the jedi act and i've mentioned this too right they're they're very like they're very arrogant but where does the story go if we see the the council maybe when anakin comes and they embrace him instead of trying to push him away like this is the most what's the word i want to use here the most um force sensitive being that they've ever come across and they're gonna push him away yeah yeah and they say it's because he's afraid he's gonna lose his mother 
And yeah. It's like, okay, well, you guys have the power to go and free his mother from slavery. If you think this boy is going to be that, you know, good. There's that. Why not, right? Why not go and, you know, and give him that's the problem with the whole film, right? Like, again, that should have been the central point of the film. And it gets interesting well, it in is, the comics. It's a big part of it's it. The arrogance of the Jedi. No, you actually are, you never root against any of the Jedi, right? You have to like surmise by watching, like finding out ever. It's like, hey, wait a minute, those Jedi were idiots. Like they they were pushing that Jedi. You don't understand. Like you buy you are you have that film with the concept that the the Jedi are are all wise and powerful, right? See, you don't I disagree there, with that. I don't think uh, it was never presented in that way, and I don't think the writing takes you in that direction. And Lucas isn't a well enough scriptwriter to think that that many leagues ahead. Right? It was the comic books and the the uh, the, uh, the the linking stories and the cartoons that really kind of pushed the concept of hey, wait, a minute. somebody else jumped up on that concept, like hey, wait a minute, these guys aren't as good as they think they are. Yeah, I will say this: one of the things that I thought in this movie, and it wasn't even when I was watching it now. I thought the Jedi Council was more focused on not losing Jedi to the dark side of the Force than they were on balance of the Force. Yeah. Now, whether because whether I've... I think that because I've been reading so much stuff from old school, like 25,000 years before with Jedi, and their whole concept is balance of the Force. It's not just light and dark, right? It's being in between the light and the dark. Essentially, what we all wanted to see at one point, the gray Jedi. And so for us to look at the Jedi here, they're so entranced on the light that their arrogance is at such a height. And mm -hmm. that's why they push Anakin away. That's why they kind of sequester um, Jedi like Qui-Gon and others that are like him. I imagine Dooku would have been in that same boat at some point because Dooku was Qui-Gon's master. Yeah. So, like, I've all I've I've felt that way for a while. That oh man, like, are they more concerned about losing dark, or I guess having dark Jedi than they are about actually being balanced? That's the thing, right? Yeah, they're they're more know, concerned about losing power and their status. Yeah. That should, like that gets pulled out, called out in other yeah like pieces of canon. Yeah. Not outright called out during the, this trilogy, and that's what it yeah. should have came down to. And it should have like Anakin's turn to the dark side. Really should have been about that. Really realizing that these guys are, you know, losing faith in the Jedi itself, and and, and how Palpatine should have manipulated them. Started getting into his I, ear I about like, that... why didn't the Jedi say? Why can't they save your mother? Can't they? Uh, why did the Jedi allow slavery to continue when there's other children like you, just being you know held captive? They're powerful. They should be able to to do this. And Anakin should start questioning that. And his turn to the dark side should come from a realization that. These guys suck. Well, I think like, it kind of does, like, eventually. Eventually, right? Like, one way, thing that he says... in something that comes from the, the hackneyed plot of them not teaching him how to save his wife from dying and from potentially dying. Like, that's garbage. Well, like, like in, in, Re in Revenge of the Sith, he says, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Yeah, he does. But again, he thinks they're evil because he's been convinced that they're hiding power from him yeah, that can prevent sure. him from saving well, his wife. they are. But at that point, yeah, they are. And at that yeah. point, he's so far, he's so far gone, and and corrupted by the emperor. At that point, right? Like, it's... Yeah. emperor's corruption shouldn't have come from hackneyed love plot. It should have came from the no. His he, yeah, but that's not what? what it is. That's not that's what, what it is. It, it does his, come corruption from that, comes, it... his corruption comes from 
Anakin not being able to let go. And that's where he focuses on that, right? Because he continually focuses talks to on his... his mom and on Padme as well. Mm-hmm. And then that, to me, is hackneyed. I, I think the, the true Maybe. value is where does the rest of the story comes in and where the pieces get connected. Uh, again, the, the greed of the Jedi Council, but their, their necessity to maintain the control that they have. That should have been what was been exploited by the Emperor to get Anakin to turn. That's my okay. opinion. See, I it's think we're gonna get into that way. Oh, in, in in especially in Revenge of the Sith, they'll get into they get into that way more. Like a, yeah. a lot of what the Emperor talks about is the Jedi are hiding these things from you, and like he and hiding he, 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 not not attacking the fact that why didn't they help you? Why they could have saved your mother? They could have yeah. done this. They could, that's where they sh- he should have gone with it. Not sure. make up some bullshit of what the Force can do <laughs> to trick you into joining them. Because then that makes Anakin look stupid. Because, <laughs> like, if Anakin... He is. Yeah, he's dumb to a degree, but he's also one of the greatest Je- like, Jedi of all time in terms of the powers naive. that he has, right? Naive. He's super naive. naive. But, again, that's not a good use of that character, right? Like, that's why... And, and, like, yeah, somebody, put okay. it, somebody said it's hard to connect... Anakin Skywalker from Episode Three to Luke or to Darth Vader in Episode Six or Episode Four, because Darth Vader is a kick-ass, no-nonsense general, and and, it, and what you see at the end of Episode Three is this tiny little kid who got tricked into working for the Emperor, and that shouldn't have been the case. Like, like the seeds I, I of wanting power should should have come in Anakin at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Like he should have been thinking about like I will become the most powerful one and I will rule the galaxy. Like that should have been in episode four, not in episode three. Right? Like no, in Revenge of the yes, Sith. Yes, he does. In Revenge of the Sith, he talks about beating the, the Emperor and taking his place. He's like, I can overthrow the Emperor. I'm more powerful than him. He says something like that to Padme, and they could rule the galaxy Why? together or something. And and, and, and Anakin's Anakin's lust for power, you can see already in the second movie, in episode two. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and, and, and the thing is, he's like the chosen one, too, right? So he's. I will say of- this. I will say this, though, Heels. I don't disagree with it could have been told better. I, I, That's what I I'm saying. I agree 100%. I definitely could have told that. One, two, and three credit I, in that it, it was a linear story, knew what the story was going to start with, and they knew what the story was going to end with. Now, Give them full credit for that. You cannot say the same about episodes seven to nine. Oh no, <laughs> not at all. Uh, for sure, obviously. Well, I, I think we haven't credit. really talked enough about episode one, so we should focus more on that stuff. Well, and that's where I was going to go actually with Anakin's character too, because even like even though Jake Lloyd is just a kid, and it's hard to it's hard to convey this this emotion that he has, right? Like seeing the way that he is when he's in front of the council and how he's questioning them already. Right, it, it puts them off to see that, and then they see the fear of, oh, his mom. Mm-hmm. You, you're yeah. afraid to lose her, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's so the only thing he's there, ever really like, had. Yeah, yeah, you you already see the seeds of, well, I want to come back here, and I want to, I want to save these slaves. He he mentions yeah. that before they leave Tatooine. So yeah, he's I'll already come back that and empire. save you. Yeah. yeah, he's already got that ambition. So for there, and again, you can go to oh, what, why didn't George focus in on that in the next movie? And well, they don't Japan. let him, right? They don't let exactly. Anakin go back because it's part of the thing they have to do is you know let Release, go let of go. their let go of their their past life and their feelings for others and stuff, right? Yep, um, I I agree. 
And to me, yeah. like when we talk about Maul dying, and I know this is a, a sad or like a sore spot for you, heels. His death means more and more to me as we go through these movies and things like that, because it it actually yes, it takes away from Maul's character, and we learn that oh, he's not dead. He he is alive, and his character continues into Rebels and all that kind of stuff. But it builds Solo. it, or sorry, into Solo. Yeah, right. Um, it builds Palpatine's character. It really does. Yeah, you kind of see him from the beginning because his manipulation, his ability yeah, to there. yeah, right. Because um, that's all Maul was. Maul was a means to an end. Dooku yeah. was a means to an end. Even Anakin was a means to an end. Ultimately, it, it comes down to Luke. And Luke is the one that, instead of succumbing to that manipulation, he decides, no, I'm this circle, this cycle is done. You can't, yeah. you can't control us anymore. And you can get into whatever argument you want on Palpatine being the big bad guy in the sequels, but I, I, I actually, I'm okay with Maul. As cool as a character as he is, I'm okay that even before we had Clone Wars, the the animated series, I'm okay that he dies. I was too. He, there has to be some sort of spot there to move forward. Having Maul come back in the next movie wouldn't have made much sense to me. Like, without, yeah. like obviously somebody had to die. It was never going to be Pal- Palpatine. Yeah, yeah, I don't, it couldn't be Obi Wan because he survives till exactly. uh, Episode Four. Um, yeah, yeah, and I don't mind having Dooku there either for the sequels. No, no. well, Dooku um, tells a story about how th- where the Jedi are, right? Like he yeah. talked about that with with Obi Wan, and we'll get into that next episode. But yeah. like, it, it's I I'm more than okay with um, Maul being dead in that because it tells that story on how manipulative and how how uncaring the Emperor is. Like, he just doesn't yeah. care. And, and, and it also kind of uh, shows Obi-Wan's ability as a duelist, in a sense, yeah. too, right? Uh, because, like, Obi-Wan is one of the best sword fighters in all of Star Wars history, right? Well, he's... A lot of it's underrated. Like, well, he, he defeated Anakin. You know, he uh, defeated twice. General Grievous. He defeated Maul. You know, he's defeated all these people. Um, <laughs> I guess all one, these people. Once we get to episode three, yeah. when he tells the the uh, the chancellor that Sith lords are a speciality, and then he yeah. immediately gets kicked under a bridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's beside the point. Um, yeah. I, what I would like to see out of, and this is this will go into the future when we start talking about a little bit more the High Republic stuff. I want to get into more about how the Jedi figured out the rule of two right because right at the beginning and this this kind of made no sense to me in this film and he'll you could probably go off on this when qui-gon comes to them and says i i i think it was a sith lord and that the council looks at him and goes well, well that's impossible they're extinct they've been extinct for a thousand years and then at the end of the movie after yeah it was a sith lord um yoda goes always two there are mm. and, and, and who died the, the master or the apprentice yeah. yeah and i'm like well wait how did you know about the rule of two if they've been dead for a thousand years um like, that's well, that's confusing to me because you're you're immediate like if they've been dead for a thousand years they don't know about bane they don't know about 
his apprentice and, they and that's a that that's line. a great point too right like they they almost like by that and it was a throwaway line in the dialogue again he's like i can't believe it they've been gone for a thousand years you've effectively kind of been able like now if you want to do a movie before episode one like with a villain what's the villain now <laughs> like no you could still you could still do it um and you could have sith fight jedi but the jedi have to lose every single time <laughs> and, there can't, there can't and, be, and be unable back. to report back to the council. Yeah, you're right. And, and but like reading, what happened I've, to you, Jedi? Uh, so and so, yeah, he just got disappeared. Now, okay, honestly, cool. if you've read the Bane trilogy, and I don't know if either of you have, I have. That happens where there is interaction between Sith and Jedi, and yeah. the Jedi lose on all accounts, and that's how it has to be. And I'm okay, mm. I'm I'm perfectly fine with that because now you're building up that that Sith lore and how they are like from when Bane takes over and creates the rule of two, the, the Sith are like dead. It's yeah. him. It is they're just scattered. him. Yeah. No, not even scattered. It's him. Yeah. yeah there, there are other, there are other dark force users out there, but they're not Sith Lords. Hmm. And so, because the way the story goes, and this gets away from Phantom Menace, but at the same time kind of adds to it. Um, the story goes, when Bane took over and created the Rule of Two, there weren't Sith Lords. There were, um, like, there was nobody that was a Darth. Bane brought yeah. back Darth from centuries before that. They had, like, the, the Sith were essentially neutered in that everybody could raise up and they tried to make it, like, um, a cohesive unit of, like, the Sith army. And everybody could, could like, everybody was neutral or everybody was equal. Which makes no sense because the Sith are like power hungry right yeah bane destroys that and that's how you get to the rule of two which that's how you get to where sidious is now with all this said at this point in the movie plagueis is still alive yeah he's dead by the end of the movie but maul is palpatine's apprentice so the rule of two to to palpatine is like well, yeah, and I think it it is, and it's a tricky thing because the rule of two, like you can't. I don't know. It, it, right. Isn't the, there's Doku, always going to be there's always going to be a time where there's either like one or three. Well, and right? that's the thing, in the right? Transition like, times, but even in, always, like, yeah. in the Darth right. Bane books, they explain it this way: Bane has his apprentice. His apprentice wants to take over. She's found her potential apprentice, but he's. But she's not teaching him anything yet, not until Bane's dead. Yeah. So there, there is a hierarchy there. Whereas, clearly, Palpatine has trained Maul. Now, they've called it, he's a Sith assassin. He's not a Sith. Yeah. But he's Darth, he's Darth Maul. Yeah. So that's, that's a Sith Lord, if you've ever seen one. Yeah, yeah, who knows? And that could, that, could just, that could just be gray area where we're just kind of, meh, whatever. Yeah. It's so, possible. Um... Okay. Go he's got to go. He's got to go. He's yeah, like Mike. He's, yeah, he's yeah. right here, right? We got to take off, guys. Sorry. No, don't okay. be. I love your passion, yeah. buddy. <laughs> the menace sucked. <laughs> and that's all he's got to say about that. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah, stay safe and watch Star Wars. <laughs> okay, Matt. Now. Next yeah. time. What did, yeah, see you later, Heels. Um... Where do where do you put Qui Gon as a Jedi? Like you'd mentioned, you've mentioned lots of times that you don't like Obi Wan at all. It's not that I don't like Obi Wan. I just think he's he's boring and stiff. 
um, uh, you know, uh, Qui Gon I think is a very interesting character because he he's 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 um, he's different uh, in his way of thinking. Like he doesn't you know just I guess accept counsel everything that the Jedi teach or say or whatever do as being completely and totally 100% right. Um, I would love to see more Qui-Gon stories. I would too. I think he's, he's a really interesting character. Um, really, yeah, because, you know, there, there there are a lot of things that, you know, they, if they, they talked about there being gray Jedi, that Qui-Gon would be one. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, and I, and I don't know, like, maybe at the end of... Uh, you know, Return of the Jedi, but you could probably argue that Anakin is kind of similar to Qui-Gon in, like, his... He's not... He would have to be. Yeah, he would have to be, right? Like, he's kind of in the grayish area. Well, even, like, if you look uh, at... If you look at Revenge of the Sith, and if you look at Season 7 of Rebels, or of um, Clone Wars, you see yeah. that Anakin is very much removed from what the Jedi are. Yeah, has has a different view and is open to exploring those views. Yeah, yeah, and it's and, and you know all that stuff I think stems I think in this from this movie you know like the kids the kids born into slavery right and then he's taken away from his mother uh, he's initially told he's not going to be trained after all the <laughs> yeah. stuff he gave up right um, even though he gets everything right and Qui Gon's been telling him like he's got an unbelievable special talent and ability. Um, you know, the Jedi say we're not going to train him, and, they're, and then they're like, well, he's like, why? He's like, because you're afraid of your mother. He's like, what does that have to do with anything? It's like, you know, I left everything to come here, and they say this has everything to do with everything. Um, and, and yeah, and you know, the, the Jedi easily could have had this power, like Qui-Gon telling the story of this prophecy, and you know, they have all these resources. They easily could have gone and, and gotten his mother freed, right? Put his mind to ease. Like to me, now, the... I I like I like that idea of the Jedi going out and, and ending slavery. But yeah, that's such a huge story to tell. It is. It is. Is it is it easier to tell the story of teaching Anakin to let go? And that's something we don't see a whole lot of, right? We just see here and there. Oh, we just gotta let go. Well, I think that's like, yeah, the big part of the Clone Wars is as why they give him a, a, a Padawan learner is so that he can learn to let go. Right, but it backfires, and he only it gets does. more. And and see, even like to me in Episode Two, sending Anakin off with Padme was the dumbest decision they could have ever made. Yeah, like all they were trying to do was protect him by not having him engage. With with like any sort of battle or anything like that, like he should have yeah. been, he should have been with Obi Wan the whole time. So it's just it's hilarious yeah. that or somebody hey, else, yeah, yeah. Let's we have to teach this kid to let go, to release any hurt or love or anything like this. He has to be able to let go. Now let's send him with this hot chick to her home planet. Yeah. Like what? What are you doing? You set them up to get married. This is on you, Jedi Council. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, now, and it is interesting, like talking about, you know, I do think you see a lot of stuff. Like I mean, just the way that the movie shot about the Jedi Council. Um being in they're like at the height of their power, right? This is at the height of 
of I guess I don't know an an age, yeah. It's right before the fall, at the end of an age, and uh, you know their their beauty, their their building on Coruscant is is beautiful and immaculate, right? Like, and you kind of see it, and um, it's it is interesting to see like some of the bit of their arrogance too. What I like to when when um when uh Mace sits there and says, "Oh, we would have." We would have been able to tell if the dark, if the Sith Lords had returned. Yeah. Like just, just whatever. Like we would have yeah. known if that happened. Like they're they're so jaded, and I think for a lot of Star Wars fans, and I don't know. I wish he was was here to to like either clap back at me or not on this one. But I feel like a lot of Star Wars fans have to be force fed information in store. Sometimes. Yeah, I, I, there is a certain amount of information you do need. That's for sure. Yes, absolutely. Right? Um, but you know the way that these things are done. There's just it's such a big universe that you can't cover everything that's mentioned. You know, uh, in in a two hour and a bit movie, um, especially with all of the political stuff that's going on. Too. Yeah, it's such it's a big so- and and I think it does a really good job of setting up. You know. Um, the fall, right? Because you get to see like how stupid the political system is. Like this country's being evaded, and it's like, okay, well, no, my people are dying. Like you can't wait and for a team to go and like perform an investigation and come back. Like I need an army sent there now, right? You know, it was uh, strange. To it me does honest. kind of make sense. That yeah, you would do that as a political leader for sure. Um, the thing that I didn't of, understand about it was the fact that so. There's this fate, uh, trade federation embargo going on. This this blockade. The trade federation is denying that there's a blockade in the Senate. Like, how easy would it have been to? Okay, no, but there is actually. We've got footage of it here. <laughs> I know that's one thing that they never have is footage in Star Wars, right? They never have footage in Star Wars. Never. All this, all this amazing technology, and nobody yeah. can take a, a space video of this yeah. embargo happening. There, yeah, the no, there's there's a ban on footage. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. And then, like years later, the the Empire can completely ban out anything known about the Jedi. No problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because they're all holocrons or something. Like you gotta yeah. have a special holocron opener player or some shit like that. It was funny. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, like you know, like I mean, even though there's no footage, there's like you send messages back and forth, right? So they could easily say, well, it's really strange. We haven't gotten any messages since the communication. So you know, maybe communications are jammed. You know, yeah. we haven't gotten any messages from it. Yeah, um, I do think it is not a bad setup. I think it uh, you get to I see how know. how Palpatine like maneuvers his way quite well. He does a like good even, job with his political maneuvering and. Um, well, Ian McDermott did a masterful job of coming off as somebody that like Palpatine's likable. He is in this right? movie. He has to be. He has to be and a charismatic guy. Yeah, you can see that. Oh, okay, it is Palpatine. We know he's going to be the emperor. So like, how am I kind of looking at this guy and going, like he's a he's an attractive man, he's charismatic, all these kind of things, but this is the guy that's going to look like a like a shriveled up knob, and he's going to be the most powerful force user on the planet, uh, like in the galaxy. And yeah. And so for him to sit there and like when he's in the queen's ear during the senate meeting, and he's sitting mm-hmm. there and he's like, 
He's whispering in her ear, and now the bureaucrats take over. Like just that. Yeah. Like oh man, there's Palpatine. That's that's good old Palpsy that we know and love. Mm-hmm. Like I, is he did such a good job. And I like I look at these movies, the prequels. There's five characters that are being set up here, right? Yeah. Anakin, Obi Wan, Padme, the Emperor, and the Jedi, the Council, like the overall yeah. Jedi vision. And I, to me, they knocked off all five on the list. Yes, in this movie, Anakin is like, whatever. But I thought during pod race, he was so, like, the the acting that the kid did was so believable and convincing that, okay, this kid's got some force powers. Here he is, like, twisting in the air after his pod, like, one pod wing comes loose. And you know what? I think and his common yeah. shit gets it and brings it back together. Like, yeah. I think that scene was not in the original original theatrical release. Oh no! I want to say that scene was added for some reason. When I see that scene, I don't remember that being in in the original theatrical one. It's been released since as an extra yeah. scene. It could um, be. I do remember I it, but I I have seen the movie within the last. For some movie. reason, I don't remember seeing that in theaters. I have um, to admit, I ended up watching all eight movies before. Uh, Rise of Skywalker came out last year. <laughs> yeah, so, I did. Either I way, did. Uh, that's I did how just... I remember it. But yeah. like, you you see Anakin's ability to okay, he's got some potential there. Oh yeah, he's definitely the chosen one. Like he's made C three PO. Yeah. Right. You know, he's a pilot of like one of the most dangerous things you can possibly pilot, and he does a fantastic job. And not only that, he builds one. Yeah, and he destroys. He's ten years old. Right, yeah. so like you, they really show that he is quite gifted, you know. And Qui Gon talks a lot about he has he's able to see things before they happen, which is you know a really strong force power, right? Yeah. To be able to have that kind of vision. Um, and I I really do think they do a good job of showing like this little ten year old kid who you know is is just blessed by the force, you know. Yeah. And and clearly um, Jake Lloyd isn't ten, clearly. Not even close. I have an 11 year old, and she looks like 13 years older than this kid does. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that's the thing too. And even Shmi, like when she says that he doesn't know greed, he only ever yeah. wanted to be like he was such a positive. Like he was so far on the light side of the force at this point, just naturally, because yeah. of her. I, I actually questioned during the movie. I'm like, how much like force latency does does she? does Shmi have here due yeah. to Anakin because there's, yeah. there's times there that she kind of is like when when Qui-Gon is sitting there talking to Obi-Wan about this like he looks in and there's Shmi standing there like I know what this is like you need to help this boy <laughs> yeah yeah I guess like she's aware that her son has powers right she would notice if anybody's going to notice it's the oh, mom big, right yeah big time yeah. I just I um, just thought I thought they did such a good job with it. Yeah, you could have had better acting. Yes, you could have had better lines, all that kind of stuff. But I don't think, and now that Heels isn't here, I don't think it's that bad of a movie. <laughs> no, it really isn't. It really isn't. It, it, Yeah, you're right. Everything could have been done better. You can say that about almost anything, though. Yeah. Um, but you know what? If When you step back and you look at it, um, you know, you know, it was made before all this expanded universe stuff came in, and I think even when it was made, uh, 
I think most of the material was done as like sequels or like during the original trilogy timeline, right? There wasn't right. a lot of like prequel stuff um, for like where Anakin came from and, and things oh, like do that. You mean like, do you mean like expanded universe stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. And and so um, you know he he did have to like build all this because there was no. Uh, that story, I think it might have been, I don't know if it was like forbidden to tell because Lucas wanted to tell it himself in his way. Like with all the like the Star Wars books and material that came out. I don't know how. Well, I mean, uh, I would imagine all of that stuff as far as comics and books and things like that would have gone. It, it would have had to like pass inspection from Lucas. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like they would have had to get him to sign off on it. So, yeah, yeah anything with dealing with Anakin's, I guess, origin origins or yeah. would have been like, well, no, this is my story to tell. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, and I do. I do think he does a good job of like, you know, setting up a tragic backstory. Like Anakin really does have a tragic backstory. He, Big time. You know, he's born into slavery and then he gets kind of abducted by the Jedi. And he's kind of, you know, put into like this new form of slavery and he's told he can't really, there's a lot of things he can't do. I would love to see a what if story on if Qui-Gon had survived. Yeah. And how, how Anakin would have turned out with Qui-Gon as his master. I think I bet he wouldn't have been very different. I honestly could see something like Qui-Gon and Anakin going on to become almost like Sith, uh, leaders or something do you think you Anakin know? would have influenced them that much eh um possibly i think you know with like and, and you know it's um i think it was the way that uh the sith um kind of get their 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 apprentices to become their apprentices is they make them do something yes. immoral under yes. pressure yes. right so yeah maybe yeah. something like that like I could see a you know a heated battle uh, coming up with An no with Anakin and Qui Gon against like maybe the Jedi Council. Oh, and, right. Oh, so and then they're kind of forced into a combat or something, maybe. I yeah, I I yeah. I would have liked to have seen something along the lines of like, so Obi Wan basically turns out the way he is because of his character. Right, like yeah. he's so good and he's so straight laced that yes, a lot of people find that boring. I like it because it's refreshing to what we see of the Jedi Council. Because Obi Wan, I think, still realizes that the Jedi Council is off. Like there's something off about them. Yeah, but he can't pinpoint it until, well, Anakin destroys everything, and then he can go back and look at it. And, and that's what I kind of want to see when this Kenobi show comes out, I want to see him kind of question everything that yeah. yes, yes. I want to look at him and depressed and, Oh man, this is this, so much of this falls on me uh, on not being able to deliver Anakin. Um, but I also want to see him look back at the council and go, you know what? We messed up so bad. We did yeah. stuff that we shouldn't have done. We, we jumped into conflict when we shouldn't have, we should have been peacekeepers here all that I want that's what I want to see out of this Kenobi show. So I'm hoping that's a big part and it's not just gonna be, oh here's some adventures that Qui Gon or Kobe uh Ken Kobe Kenobi was on while he'd be was interesting. Yeah. 
I, I would like to see like maybe one or two episodes on him um, and his relationship with the Duchess of Teen. That yeah. kind of would be. Um, uh, I don't you know when that even her. takes place because he he meets her at some point, right? I don't. You don't really know when, but it must have been when he's under Qui Gon's tutelage. Yeah, it had to have been. And I think um, you mentioned that in something. I vaguely remember that being something. Mentioned it in the Clone Wars, where like you know he says if I if uh he would have left the order for her or something yes. and yeah he yeah. says he would have. So yeah. that would have been yeah I bet you, I bet you. So there was an Anakin Obi Wan comic that came out. I I have that series. I need to take a look at that because there might be something in there about that where. Anakin or Obi-Wan opens up to Anakin about him feeling that because from what I understand I was reading something recently that Obi-Wan figures out that uh Anakin and Padme have something going on way before yeah. episode yeah. 3 like he knows yeah. it's there he just kind of for right or wrong doesn't say anything about it because he's yeah. like what do I do if I confront him he can empathize yes yeah, yeah. So that's that would be a cool thing to kind of look into too. Yeah, and I guess Obi Wan probably also looks at it as probably a lesson he has to learn on his own too, right? Yep. Yeah. And you could totally retcon at some point that Obi Wan does have a daughter that's out there. Yeah, totally could. And that'd be that'd be cool to see. Yeah. And down the pipeline, a granddaughter, and mm-hmm. or a grandson, and so on and so on. Keep that Kenobi mm-hmm. line going. Um, I don't. I don't think I have much else to go over here. No. Um, I, I I like I yeah I don't know I felt like we didn't talk enough about episode one like the movie itself it was enough to, a lot of like why it was. But, you know been, like I, I love the Gungan City the first time you see it that was so yeah, cool. Yeah, I didn't know um, that Jabba had a wife. Yeah. I realized that this time I was like oh wait there's that's a female Jabba right next to him or a female <laughs> okay i guess that's his wife and i like that he falls asleep during the podcast yeah yeah <laughs> like what yeah. and it's still uh, that guy that that slave dude um translator um, that's in return of the jedi he's there waking him up yeah um i was looking up the cast because kira knightley's in this film and you see yeah her she's the double seconds. yeah you see her for a whole two seconds and and if i'm not mistaken she's the double that gets killed in the next movie. I think she might be. I think her name is Sabe or something like that. Yeah. She's, this was one of her first movies. Yeah. But she looks like that. Like when I saw her, I was like, Oh, there's that is Kira Knightley. Like get ready for pirates of the Caribbean. This is coming up real quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, I just really liked, I really liked, while I watched the movie, consciously seeing the council and and questioning them right off the hop. Yeah. And I thought, while Heels was talking about how much he didn't like the movie, I, I noticed that he didn't mention that. Like, like there's that arrogance from the... Because like, that's the first thing I thought when you first see them. Yoda's sitting there, the whole council's sitting all around, and they're just super, like, noses up at Qui-Gon. Yeah. Which I thought was, I, I liked it. I, I thought, I'm like, yes, this is why the council fails. Ultimately. Yeah. 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 I think they did a great job. 
on the movie. Yeah, sure. Um, the dialogue was a little, I don't know, wooden or corny in some some there places. Was, for sure. Um, I I did. I I mean, the Gungans were kind of strange. Like the boss, like the dialogue they, they chose for the Gungans was kind of could have chose something better. But you know what? I think it's kids. Kids kind of like that stuff. Goofy. And I know that funny. was. What's that? It's goofy and funny. Exactly right. Um, and, and and you know the the movie does need that because it's kind of serious in a, in a you know it's, there's a lot of serious things happening yeah, yeah a lot of serious things happening so it does kind of need like that silliness uh, in some places for kids. Well, and yeah. see, like and and like when you mentioned that you saw this, you were you said you were 14. Yeah. Yeah, this came out in '99. I would have just turned 20. So like there's. Even there, there's two totally different views that you're going into a movie with, right? Like, here you are, 14-year-old kid, and you're geeked because, oh, there's lightsabers right off the hop. They, they're holding their breath for super long. They come out. They're love that. Yeah. Like, the whole, and you mentioned the scene where Qui-Gon puts his lightsaber through the, uh, through the uh, door. To me, I was watching that, and I was like, man, that is cool as shit, too. Yeah, me too. I thought it was the same. Yeah. That's it's awesome. Just so cool. Even, yeah. even they're deflecting, like, there was... You can yeah. see um, Obi Wan's ability to see into like 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 Anakin see kind of into the future to have like that force sense there and like he yeah. turns around and he like swats the the bolt back at the droid like you see that throughout he does it again in the hangar later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get... I thought that was cool. I thought they did a great job uh, and, and introducing the Jedi. You know. Well, and, uh, like. We go into it thinking, okay, we we've just seen there's no Jedi. Like Luke has just become a Jedi, and he's just a Jedi Knight at that. Yes, yeah. his father defeated the Emperor, but like now we're, we want to find out what is this? What is this heightened sense of? Uh, of yeah, right. This mystical party. force of wizards, it's sorcerers. Uh, you know? Like, what are they like? You see them? They're mysterious. They come in. They're like clearly they're monkish and they're they're like there for peacekeeping, but then it immediately turns into like even getting into the next movie episode two like immediately they're thrown into the Clone Wars, yeah, and everything just changes so quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think they mentioned too in uh, in this one like Qui Gon mentions you know we can't fight for you but we can only defend you or something right? Yeah, yeah, and he's still kind of holding true to that principle. Yeah, yeah, Qui Gon is. Yeah, because like immediately, yeah, when they're going back to or uh, to Naboo, I think he says this: we we can't use our powers. Yeah, to sway what's going on here, we can only defend. Yeah. Now you get into the next movie, and all of a sudden they're generals of the armies. Yeah. And that's completely like that happens out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. The Jedi, mm-hmm. are like, oh, they're the generals. So. Yeah. And the Clone Wars does, like, the, the cartoon does such a good job in, yeah, you see Anakin embrace that role. Um, yeah. Even Obi-Wan, to an extent, embraces that role. And that's not Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Just, he's just so proficient in in being in that well, role. He's the negotiator, right? Yeah. He's supposed to be the mediator. Um, and that's another thing, like, I, I really like, you know, that's kind of like stroke two of Anakin's big fall to the dark side is that, you know, first he's a slave, which is done in this movie. Second one, you know, he's, he's basically, 
thrown into war, so he's kind of battle-born in a sense, like his training oh, yeah. for his Padawan C, or for, I don't know what, you, what other word you would call it, but like as he's a Padawan, he's, you know, fighting wars, leading, he's a general as a Padawan, like that's crazy, you know? Well, even like, even Ahsoka becomes yeah. a commander, like, and she's like 16. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, good point, good point. I like it. So like he, that's why he says, you know, he can see how they're evil because they are like meddling in all sorts of stuff. You Instead know, they're, they're, they're holding, and from his point of view, like they're holding him back, right? Because he has demonstrated time and time again how how evil he is in the force. And like, you know, they, they haven't taught him things like force healing, right? Things yeah. like, you know, I know that's been retconned, force healing, but like that's supposedly been a power forever now, right? You know, and there's just things that they don't teach him. And he knows it, and it makes him upset. And that's one of the big reasons why he goes and falls and is persuaded by the Emperor, because the Emperor promises to teach him things that he knows exist, but he doesn't know how to do. Yeah. Like, that, 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 I guess, that allure of power. Well, and, like, we can't question that as far as, like, oh, well, why didn't they ever mention that? Because they don't, you don't need to. Clearly, yeah, exactly. Even, like, I wouldn't say this movie, because he's he's so young, but clearly, even in the second movie... He is power hungry, right? Like he is. we'll get into that next week when we talk about it. Like when he kills and, and, those Jawas, he says, "Like I wanted to do it." The Sand People, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like or not Jawas, yeah, the Sand People, like I, Tuscans, it, yeah. He he wanted to do it. It wasn't a thing where he could just let his mom die and walk away from it, right? Like he, it's he succumbed to the dark side right there. Yeah. But it was in a place of love, which maybe was it. And we'll get we'll get into that next episode. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. That's all I got uh, as far as anything to say on uh, Phantom Menace. I'm so glad Heels was fired up on that. <laughs> and yeah, he was. He did not like it very much. And we'll only go into this. Believe. Team. Couldn't believe I how can't... much he. Yeah. Here's the thing. Okay, so going into this next one next week, we'll talk episode two, uh, the Attack of the Clones. This to me was. One of my worst movies. Attack of the Clones? Yes. Yeah. Now, that's not saying I'm not going to enjoy it next week, because I guarantee you I will, but there are scenes in there where I'm like, ah, this doesn't need to be here at all. Yeah, there definitely are. Um, definitely yeah. are. <laughs> and, and some and some stiff acting from uh, Hayden Christensen. And, yeah, sand uh, gets Abby. everywhere. Oof. Yeah. I hate sand. It gets in yeah. all the little cricks and cracks. Yeah. I actually oh. um I downloaded the uh the Revenge of the Sith Siege of Mandalore splice. Um so I think I'm gonna watch that for episode three session when we when we do that. I have never heard of this. Yeah, so I was on Reddit a week or two ago and it was like right after the Clone Wars finished and wrapped up some star wars nerd decided that they would just splice together uh the last four episodes of the clone wars uh and revenge of the sith in their oh like for for, for like season seven yeah oh okay 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 yeah so it's um i think i have heard about this actually now that now that um, you're mentioning this so yeah it's like a probably about a four hour four hour movie 
but it splices together basically, you know, everything that's going on with Ahsoka and Darth Maul of Mandalore, uh, where they are, like when Anakin goes to rescue the Chancellor and all that stuff. So it's all done in that, it's all occurring at the same time. So um, I'm going to watch that, I think, for the Revenge of Sith uh, episode that we do in a couple uh, shows. And ruin it all for heels. I love it. <laughs> he needs to. He needs to get on that, man. I know he does. He's, had, he's gonna have had six weeks to have watched that show. <laughs> and during the age of COVID, that's almost inexcusable. <laughs> yeah, it really is. That's crazy. Kind of, you know, like you're home. <laughs> you're home in quarantine. Like, what do you like? Yeah, that's that's too funny. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Get out and watch it. It's good times. And the Clone Wars is an amazing show. Season seven. Oh, oh, it's incredible. You know what I realized? Um, when, before we get out of here, I, I was watching a little bit of season six of the Clone mm-hmm. Wars. I didn't realize, and I forgot, I guess, that um, Yoda actually goes to Dagobah before he goes to Dagobah. Is that and where I, he goes and finds the wills? I th- like it's partly. That's that. I don't know if that's it's Dagobah, on that. Very good. He does go to, he is on Dagobah, which I thought was interesting, which is maybe why he goes back there uh, after Revenge of the Sith. Kind of like a, it is a strong fourth planet. Like there's supposed to be places that are just strong, like that, like the place that Luke's in, um, in his isolation in episode eight kind of thing. Like that's. Octu. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Octu, like there's. You know what's one planet I'm confused as to why they've never actually gone to? Tython. Which one's that? That's like, we don't hear about it in at all in the Skywalker saga, but it's like the birthplace of the Jedi. Okay. Hmm. So it's 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 weird that we never hear about it at all, but it is what it is, I guess. What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, unless you got anything else? Um, do I have anything else? I actually really missed talking about something last episode. Which really disappointed me. Um, Let's hear it. Uh, it was just like um, talking about like the Emperor's downfall. Yes. Um, yeah. The one thing that uh, you know the Jedi have kind of like prohibited um, is the only thing that caused the Emperor's downfall in a sense, right? So like Anakin's love and his passion and his ability to care for his son is the only thing. Well, that, Luke not giving, let letting go either, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, the I, I always have found that kind of ironic, I guess, that, you know, the, the Jedi have forbidden, like, the feeling of these emotions because they cause too much hurt and pain. But yet, you know, because of their inability to feel them, they cause, like, the universe to fall into chaos, basically. Yeah. And the only thing that brings it back in the end is love in a, in a way, right? Like Darth Vader's redemption, love for his son, the love for the life he once almost had. Um, Could potentially you know. have again. Yeah. What I, yeah. yeah. What would be cool out of the High Republic stuff is that you see that transition. Because mm-hmm. I think at one point the Jedi were very much in the love compartment and we have to use these, these feelings and these, this energy for good instead of turning it on upon itself kind of thing. We, we, I'd love to see where they get from there 
to love is forbidden. Yeah. Or relationships are forbidden because that is what causes dark side shifts because oh yeah you get that you fear of loss and things like that yeah Yeah. like yeah i that's a good point and to say that that fear of loss is what essentially saved anakin and destroyed yeah was and it's what caused him to to fall as well right yep yeah yeah that's cool that's a good point i like it i like it Mm mm-hmm there you go. But yeah, for episode one, do I have anything else? I'm probably, I'm sure I'm going to think of some things afterwards, but I don't think there's much else. I think it brings into perfect view of what is going to be coming, especially with the downfall of the Republic. You see yeah. the Jedi, they're at their height, their arrogance, their yeah. hubris, and what we're going to see going forward, where we've seen some pretty haughty, toddy Jedi, Yoda yeah. among them. Yeah, and yeah, and then you see like the, the 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 high society political game, right? Yeah. You know um, how how much sway the the trade federation has and things and. Well, and only. Yeah, I, I do think they do a good job setting it up. This, well, this and, kind of like these cracks forming in society, big in time. a sense, and yeah. I and the one thing I do wish is if we could have seen more story of Dooku, and how he yeah. how he's in that political strike because he's like he is the leader. Of the separatist movement, yeah, he and is. it's just it's just bang here he is, yeah, and he's a former Jedi. That's that's all we kind of get thrown at, and I, I get it, I get it. You can't like, to me, you could have cut out a whole lot of Anakin and Padme, but again, we can get into that next week when we watch yeah. episode two. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, I don't know if you're on Twitter. I know you are on Twitter, but I don't know if you interact at all. Um, you can find Alan at Hockey Yogi on twitter uh you can find myself dso67 matt uh is also on twitter i am it, I, I don't use it but if you really want to follow me it would be at keyho k-e-y-h-o-h yeah i think and of course you can follow us here at pod racers a star wars podcast there you go we'll see you next week where we review episode two attack of the clones we are gonna see some boba fett Kinda. We will. And hopefully we'll see Alan in a better mood. Yeah. I doubt it. Thank you so much for being upset at this. Okay, we'll see you next time. All right. We'll see ya.